You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Women of Tomorrow. I'm Laura Bell Bundy. And I'm Shay Carter. And, and we, we are partners, partners in, in feminist, feminist crime. crime. If we didn't recognize the fragile nature of our freedoms before the overturning of Roe v. Wade, we certainly recognize them now. Since Dobbs, as many call it, reproductive freedoms are being swiftly taken away in the U.S. As of today, 14 states have enacted an abortion ban, making most abortions illegal in those states. In some states, this is regardless of rape or incest. In many other states, the fight over reproductive access is taking place now in courtrooms with advocates suing to block the enforcement of restrictive laws. Abortion is health care, period. Politicians are not doctors. Most of the politicians enacting these laws don't have a uterus. The complexities of pregnancy and reproductive health are grossly misunderstood, and the lack of abortion access can lead to life-threatening conditions for patients and horrendous legal repercussions for the doctors trying to save them. The organization AS4 is proud to lead the charge in the Broadway arts community of advancing reproductive rights and amplifying art and artists that work to end the stigma against abortion. They believe in a world in which every person has access to the full spectrum of reproductive health care, free from judgment, scrutiny, and obstruction. You may know multiple Tony nominee and Emmy Award winner Martha Plimpton for her countless and always riveting film, television, and theatrical performances. My favorite being Goonies. <laughs> but like we at Women of Tomorrow, she has channeled her artistry into activism on behalf of women's reproductive freedom. And we are so honored to have Martha join us on our podcast today to talk about her work as the board president and co-founder of AS4. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really delighted to be here. Thank you. And I just want to say, this is the first year I'm actually not board president. I'm still a co-founder. I'm still on the board, but we have a fabulous new board president. It was time and she's brilliant. Her name is Karen Shaw, and I love her, and she's awesome. Well, it's amazing the work that you're doing, and um, and we're just going to jump right in and start asking you how you became passionate about this. You are our right. dream woman. <laughs> we are all about oh. art as activism, and so... <laughs> I know you've been actively fighting for reproductive freedom since you were a teenager. And as a teenager, mm-hmm. you lobbied Congress on behalf of Planned Parenthood, which blows my mind. And I, yeah. I want to know, what was, it, what was it at that young age that made you want to speak out? Well, um, I had had my 
first abortion at the age of 19. I was in Seattle. I was doing a play. And uh, I just knew right away what I needed to do for myself and that I was in no position to um, carry a pregnancy uh, to term. And uh, I was in my first trimester and I went to a Planned Parenthood. And the process was very uh, straightforward. The nurses were incredibly caring and respectful. And uh, I was able to um, access the, the care that I needed and that I wanted and that made it possible for me to pursue the rest of my life the way I wanted to pursue it. And it just so happened that that was in 1989. And in the early 90s, we saw a, a real uptick in violence against uh, clinic providers and against doctors. We saw clinic bombings. We saw a, a real increase in the number of protesters, um, anti-abortion protesters, and uh, uh, an increase in harassment of patients outside of clinics. And we saw uh, sort of a, you know, um, an uptick in the political rhetoric. Uh, we began to see um, at that point a real uh, increase in the focus on reproductive healthcare as a target, a political target, um, and a way for uh, conservatives to throw red meat at their base. And so I felt that uh, everyone deserved to have the same access and the same uh, opportunity that I did to access this care. And I just became involved with Planned Parenthood as a, you know, on their board of advocates and, uh, you know, speaking at rallies and, as you mentioned, lobbying Congress. And, and ever since then, it's just been a really important aspect of um, my, my, what I see as my job as a citizen. Um, and it's just the area in which I chose to um, do what I could and be an advocate in, in something that I truly believe in. Oh, that's so beautiful and so brave, especially in a time where there was so much controversy and yeah. being afraid of the public scrutiny because you were in the public eye to come out with such personal information. Did you have community around you? Did you have friends that supported you and were like a safe space for you? Or did you feel isolated in that early decision? No, I didn't feel isolated in any way. I mean, I didn't really talk about it until much later when I felt um, that it was... I felt it was necessary for me to talk about it, yeah. but I don't necessarily believe that that was an obligation that I had. I certainly, uh, and I certainly never felt uh, isolated at all. Um, but I just think I felt like it was nobody's business. But I think that as an advocate, um, it, it's, it, it, I felt for me personally that, um, that uh, I felt it was important if we're going to get rid of stigma and we're going to remove the shame that has been imposed upon this very common and very safe medical procedure, that I should be able to talk about my experience openly and share it with people and share with people my lack of shame. Um, and, uh, and that that was the way I felt that um, I could help maybe others to feel the same way. I don't know. You know, um, but it, it seemed like it was necessary for me personally to be open about my experience. I mean, I've subsequently, I've had other abortions, 
Um, and I've miscarried and I've required medication abortion to vacate my uterus. Um, I've been through IUI and IVF procedures that were unsuccessful in which I needed to take mifepristone and misoprostol. Um, and, uh, you know, because these are, uh, what we're talking about are, are normal aspects of human healthcare and women's healthcare. And we got to take the good with the bad, you know, um, we can't just, you know, excise one bit of it because we don't like it or because it's, you know, we think it's somehow shameful or wrong or we play some sort of character character judgment. Um, you know, uh, childbirth and 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 pregnancy are extremely taxing on the human body. Um, and there are going to be outcomes that we either don't foresee or don't want. Um, we may become ill. Our fetus may become ill. Um, there are all sorts. It's a very complicated thing being pregnant. And it changes the human body forever, inexorably. And so we, we can't just pretend that it's this like magical gift somehow that women are that women or other pregnant people are somehow then obligated to go through regardless of their own lives. The, the fact is that women are people too. People with uteruses are people too. And so, you know, if we truly respect life, then we have to respect all aspects of life and what it means. And sometimes it means abortion. Exactly. And, and I think what people don't realize is when we're talking about abortion being healthcare, uh, it not only is it for what you're talking about it, you know, pregnancy is a very taxing experience. I had a child and I can tell you that there are things that will never <laughs> be recovered. Um, yeah. And, uh, and and I and I think there were some feelings that I had too in my pregnancy where I was like everybody talks about this being just so this beautiful experience I should be so excited about and I I've been feeling like I was hungover for nine and a half months like this mm -hmm. is and, yeah. and uh, my xiphoid process is out of whack I got all these other things I think I got a hernia from pushing I mean the whole yeah. thing and yeah. And then as a singer, I had to work forever to get my pelvic floor back, my diaphragm. You know, these mm -hmm. are all of the things that happen. Now, this is mm -hmm. from someone who had a healthy pregnancy for the most part. Um, mm -hmm. But then you have on the other side of it what you're saying, which is the complication of uh, these unforeseeable things that can happen in pregnancy no matter what mm -hmm. what week you are. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and these should be decisions that are made by the person who owns the body yeah. with their health practitioner and and doctors because mm -hmm. they're so, you know, so to, to put these doctors in a position where at three o'clock in the morning, they're having to, to call politicians and, mm -hmm. and judges to say, hey, I have this situation with a woman who, while the heart is beating, the brain is dead. She's going to go septic. Mm -hmm. I'd like to save this woman's mm -hmm. life, but I don't want to go to jail for 30 years. Right. It's really crazy. And I think that's the point. I think the point of these restrictions and these laws, as well as the arbitrariness of numbers like six weeks, eight weeks, 15 weeks, whatever it is today, um, I think the point of it is to keep people off balance and feeling out of control and afraid. Um, the point is definitely not to protect women's health or protect 
life or protect anyone. Um, I mean, we're talking about individuals who don't even want living infants to get clean formula. So, you know, uh, so it's not really about any of that. It's about control. And part of uh, maintaining control is keeping people off balance, unsure about what they're allowed to do or not allowed to do, confused about their options, ignorant of the uh, medical realities. You know, the, the good thing is, is that we now live in an age where it's not 1973, you know, we now have access to medication abortion, which is very important to talk about. And, and this is something that, you know, we focus on that people like uh, Amelia Bono at Shout Your Abortion focuses on. We feel like regardless of what laws are passed and, you know, all that, abortion is a community responsibility because it's healthcare and because the lives of so many women and other people with uteruses uh, are affected by that it's our job to make sure that people understand that, particularly in the first trimester, self-managed abortion is totally possible and it's totally safe. And it's accessible. You can find information about it from sharesafeabortioninfo.com, from aidaccess.org, from Plan C. You can Google these uh, places to get resources, not only to obtain the medication, uh, at little to no cost, if necessary, but you can also get counseling. You can get legal advice about how to mitigate certain legal consequences that might exist in your state. Uh, you can get uh, directives on how to take the medication so that you're not flying blind. Um, but you can rest assured that if taken correctly, this medication is extraordinarily safe. It is safer, certainly, than pregnancy and childbirth are, and certainly much safer than, you know, uh, than pregnancy and childbirth are for women of color in this country. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So... You know, so so medication abortion, it, we're not living in the age of the bloody coat hanger. We do have options now. And, and what's so great about it is that these options put the power into individual people's hands. It, it takes away the wall between patient and doctor and that intimidating clinic appointment and whether you can get an appointment. You know, we don't necessarily, in the first trimesters, in the early trimester, we don't need all of this rigmarole. You don't need to make an appointment. You don't need to. You don't need to be harassed by you know. And you know, look, if they the pills come in the mail, what are they going to do? Check everybody's mailbox. Mm -hmm. There are 
there are certain legal realities that people in certain states that are hostile, particularly hostile to abortion, need to know about. And those uh, that information is there for them. But it is possible to obtain this medication. And it's everyone's responsibility to make sure that people know about it. And that is what we're seeing is like, do people know about it? I know that as an organization, we have been contacted by one woman who was living in Texas, and she was too afraid to even do the research on her computer for fear that that mm-hmm. search history could be used against her later. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing when I was looking at your platform and your site, it's so easy to navigate and you can find clinics that are near you and multiple ones and not just Planned Parenthood. And I just so appreciated mm-hmm. that because when you're in a state um, of chaos and fear, you need things to be simplified for you and mm-hmm. you need that information mm-hmm. to be available. And we live in an age where there's too much conflicting information and it's very confusing. And it's one of the yeah. reasons I think we're having such a problem and such a divide amongst women on things that mm-hmm. we agree on. We can argue till we're blue in the face. I think it's a clump of cells. You think it's a baby. And we can never, this conversation can be unending. But the things that we do agree on is that there is that most logical people agree on is right to life should not violate the right to life of a pregnant woman or girl and that women Mm -hmm. are human beings and that none of us want women to have an unsafe abortion whether you're Mm pro-life or pro-choice we both agree on that and we can all agree that incest shouldn't be legal or commonplace you know it's like there's certain things we can all band together on Mm -hmm. and i think also what's really important to Uh, talk about and to think about and remember as we have these conversations is that the reality is, is that it's not just women who need abortions. Many, many trans people have uteruses and require abortion care at some point in their lives. And so it's very important for us, especially when you consider the horrific anti-trans legislation and harassment of uh, families of trans children, the punishment of trans children. It's extremely important that we recognize the intersection between these two things and the relationship between these two things. And that, you know, by talking about that and being inclusive and recognizing that we're not taking any way, anything away from ourselves. We are, I think, really doing the truly feminist thing, which is we're looking out for the underdog and for the underrepresented. And we're making sure that there is this big tent where, frankly, you know, I think all of humanity is, is under. But, you know, especially in feminism, it's necessary for us to have have that inclusion be part of our conversations because they are related. They are connected. Oh, it is all and, the same thing. And, and, and the need is really, really there. It's it's really there. Absolutely. And and I'll like rephrase my right to life to not violate the life of any pregnant person. (laughs) And we use women with an X all the time for inclusivity. And thank you for stopping me on that because you get habits of mind in like when you're talking. But that is absolutely something that I think, again, is a commonplace that we all agree on. Yeah. So I want to talk about um, that your your gala so a is four is mm-hmm. is having your annual gala for broadway acts for abortion at 54 below on october 2nd at 6 30 p.m um mm-hmm. you are you you're hosting correct yes i am hosting and this year for the first time ever i have a co-host oh. i have uh, one of our board members and a phenomenal actress and hilarious and brilliant woman jen lyon who you may know from TNT's Claws, 
she she and I are co-hosting, and the the night is going to be. I think it's going to be quite possibly our best Broadway acts for abortion ever. I mean, uh, you know, related to what we were just talking about, we used to call it Broadway acts for women. And this year we realized it just it just doesn't didn't work anymore. And also we were tired of the euphemisms. Say the flipping word, abortion. Um, and the great thing about this event is that it gives the Broadway community, it's the only um, event of its kind, it's the only Broadway community event dedicated specifically to abortion. And that without euphemism, without apology, without shame, and it gives the opportunity to performers to come out and do something that they rarely do, which is either talk about abortion or their own abortion, um, and to perform a song that they have not rehearsed. <laughs> we have, this is the, it's very, very cool. We have a live band led by Dan Lipton, who's our incredible music director. We have two phenomenal backup singers, Marissa Rosen and Rashid Ramalanga, and they are there to support the performers in any way they can. And each performer is paired with a prize. So they get up there and they're paired with like a tequila tasting for six at Lapa Lapa or something equally fabulous. Tickets to New York Food and Wine Festival or opening night tickets to a show and or, you know, Patton Oswalt live show tickets, you know, Lou, Lou Black live show tickets. And then whoever wins gets to pick the song the performer sings. I love this. This is so good. <laughs> I'll be there. It's in, it's in, I, you should come. You should absolutely come because, and, and everyone who's done it, whether it's Patti Lapone or Betty Buckley or Titus Burgess or Sarah Bareilles, or, I mean, the list goes, Montego Glover, the list goes, they all say it is the most fun that they have had working a benefit ever. Uh, it is so breakneck. It's fast paced. It's, fly by the seat of your pants. And if you're not there in the room, it's not recorded. It's not live streamed because, you know, we want people to feel protected. Yes. We don't want Patty LuPone going out there feeling like, you know, she, her ass is hanging out. <laughs> Although she would do that. She would be willing to do that. Um, uh, but it's great because these performers basically do what providers do every day. They're going out there. They're putting themselves at risk. They're taking a chance. And in their own silly, simple, fun way, these artists are being brave and doing the same thing. And it's really, really, really wonderful. Oh, I, I love, love that. It. that is so vulnerable. And when you're seeing something on the fly, the energy of the artist and the, and the energy of the audience, it's something that you can't have in, when you've rehearsed something. It's, some, it's a, it's a moment exactly you can't right. live in. Oh, I love it. And that also means you can just also make up words if you don't know them yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of like what you think they were the words are yeah yeah exactly like you know pull a leslie uggams oh oh my gosh the the, the all-time pro of making up <laughs> the bejesus and the buzzes and the bill and the bill and the bill um no it's really i mean to be fair we do, we make a list of 20 songs. Like the band can't be expected to know like 4,000 karaoke songs. So we do make a list of 20 songs that the audience can pick from. We do give it to the artists ahead of time, but who has time to rehearse 20 songs, right? 
And and believe it or not, every year someone messes up inevitably and it's a riot and everyone's supportive and everyone applauds. And I always open the show with a, you know, a pop song. Usually it's Katy Perry. This year, Jen and I are doing a duet. But we want to make sure that the audience's expectations are quite low. <laughs> so... So I we're, we're, we open the show with a number that, you know, I'm sure we'll mess up. And everyone just it's a very fun and brilliant time. And the, and the main point is, is that we get to celebrate providers and the various funds and advocacy groups that work to support them and independent clinics, which are really, really in need. Um, but we also, you know, we got to celebrate them, but we also get to raise money for them. Yeah. And now more than ever, I know that these clinics are much more overwhelmed than they've ever been before. They're taking on all of these women from all of all of these people from all of these different states that now yes. can't receive care in their states. So more exactly. than ever, it's and important. they're they're really stretched thin, and their waiting times are incredibly long, and sometimes so long that it's prohibitive. Yes. Um, so long that it it, it becomes too late. Um, you know, yeah. So. So yeah, the, the, they really need our help. Those those independent clinics across the country that are still open, that are still functioning, um, yeah, for sure. And so do the abortion funds that work with them, like the Bridget Alliance, which works specifically with third trimester or late term pregnancies that have obviously gone deeply, deeply wrong. Um, and these are people who very desperately need to either save their own lives or mitigate the suffering of their fetus. And, um, you know, there are, the fact that uh, any state, that any government or state legislature would deem it, um, you know, responsible or right to have someone walking around with a deceased fetus inside them uh, because they can't access a DNC, that's just sadism. That's cruelty. It's vicious. And it has nothing to do with respect for life. It has nothing to do with respect for babies or mothers or, or families. Uh, it's just cruelty. So that's what the Bridget Alliance is there for, the Lilith Fund as well. There are many organizations that we've supported in the past and that will continue support through our beneficiaries program, where every month we give $1,500 to a different independent clinic or abortion fund. Sometimes we give them to legal aid groups like the Danes Due Process in Texas, which helps teens uh, who are either trying to access abortion or who have uh, given birth and want to go to school and are discriminated against. So they, they represent both sides of the coin, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's the kind of work that we do. And because we recognize, look, it, it, the, the need for abortion it's 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 runs the spectrum. It runs the gamut of human experience. Um, you know what I mean? And, and and to suggest somehow that it's this cut and dried thing for everybody, that it's the same for everybody and that the outcomes can be the same for everybody. is just it's just wrong. It's just not right. It's not real. Right. Well, it's amazing that you're able to support all of these providers through this event and through your organization and and also this information, you know, this information to the folks that are coming to the show, to our listeners today. Mm -hmm. It's uh, I think, you know, these providers are certainly overloaded right now. Um, 
everybody is, you know, ob- their services are put into a pressure cooker, of course, and the mm-hmm. legalities and all the question marks of where everything is in the court process to protect these organizations is so important mm-hmm. and to fund them mm-hmm. it is so important. So thank you so much for doing this work and thank you and using your artistry for activism. Is that is thank you. And if anyone wants to buy a ticket, yes, there are still there are very few left, but there are some really good seats left. And they can go to A is for A-I-S-F-O-R dot org. And they can click on that Broadway Acts for Abortion link and they can, they'll be sent to uh, the website to buy tickets. There's going to be amazing prizes, amazing swag in the bags. Everybody gets a bag of free stuff. You know, we have a raffles. It's everybody, everybody, everybody gets a little something out of this. So you can come if you go to our website and check it out. I'm pretty sure this is going to be the most happening event on Sunday night, October 2nd in New York City um, or in the country, really, because I be I would love to see Patti LuPone singing some karaoke and, oh, and also yeah. she- Anne Harada, Leah Delaria, Bonnie Milligan. Javier Munez. Wow, you have a great group. Know, it's yeah. a stacked I, and, night. And, I, and we also, I we also, I I can't announce who it is yet, but I think we have one more person that's. Uh, there are probably two or three more people, but um, I just got news today that someone super exciting um, might be on the roster. So you just you never know what's going to happen at this thing, and I. You know, I'm really proud of our staff and our, uh, you know, our whole board and everything. Um, it's and Patty was at our very first show, so the fact that she's coming back for our 10 year anniversary means the world to me. She's still here. Yeah, we just saw company the other night. <laughs> yes, the last week we, we saw their last week. Fabulous. We were fabulous. Rushing in. Um, Thank you so much, Martha. Really, truly. Thank you. Thank you for the work that you do, being being so uh, thoughtful about this topic and knowledgeable and sharing that with us. And everybody go. Yeah. Everybody go and to ASPOR. You should come. I know. You should come. I know. Get your tickets. Get there. I know. Thank you so much, you guys. I really appreciate your time. I really appreciate it. Our pleasure, guy. Guys, go check out ASPOR. And uh, hurry up and get your tickets. Hurry up and get your tickets. Have a great day. Thank you so much to Martha Plimpton for taking the time to talk to us today and for all the work she has put into the fight for abortion care. A is for is an incredible nonprofit organization that is reclaiming the scarlet A that was intended to shame and using that A to identify with words like access, advocacy, autonomy, action, and abortion. If you or someone you know is in need of an abortion, AS4 is an incredible resource from locating clinics to the latest news on the subject. There's a benefit concert in conjunction with Broadway Acts for Abortion this Sunday, October 2nd at 6.30 at 54 below. The goal of a benefit concert is to remind people that their stories are important, that they matter, and that they have power. In the words of Malala, I raise up my voice not so that I can shout, but so that those without a voice can be heard. We cannot all succeed when half of us are held back. We are Women of Tomorrow. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, hey, she came to play. Oh, oh, get out.
Thank you, Mama. Thank you, friend. I got front row seats to watch the Queen ascend. Baby, how you feeling? Breaking that glass ceiling. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There is enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. <laughs> 